There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello again, everybody. The music that Craig picked. There it is. And we're back <laughs> underway. Episode 21. I win. Bugs Bunny. Remember that? Oh, I missed those Saturday morning cartoons. We get to laugh because we're having fun. Craig was at the rink all weekend with his Hockey Canada buddies talking to Connor Bedard and everything else. And of course, we talked Team Canada. We'll talk to U.S. as well. So I know you're happy you were at the rink, my friend. Uh, I was at the rink, too, because I was at Toronto, Chicago, my first NHL game in three years. Just great to be at the rink. What was it like? And I, I guess the biggest question is, what was the biggest buzz around Team Canada's selection? Well, let me answer. I mean, let's not uh, tease anything here. The biggest buzz was Connor Bedard. I mean, I don't think there's any question. You know, you, you, go, into, uh, you go into a selection camp and you're a 16-year-old player and the history of 16-year-old players on Team Canada is a very, very small and select group, right? So, you know, it's no, there's no questioning Connor's abilities and skills and everything, but you, you have to show that you can uh, hold your own against uh, older, quicker, faster competition. And U Sports uh, provided a great competition, really good competition uh, for the management and coaching staff to, to evaluate that. And then all Connor Bedard did was go out and show how special he is. Right? Like, you know, I mean, he really is. He's a special talent. And, you know, I'm, I'm amazed, you, you know, you see him. And, you know, he, he, he's 16 years old. He, 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 he's just a young, young kid. And, and yet you watch him on the ice, mature beyond his years, mature beyond his years. He commands the game, Steve. I mean, he's, uh, he really is. I mean, we're going to have to start talking about him as one of those special, special talents. I mean, we know when you get exceptional status, everybody can put what it is. He, he is exceptional. So we had, I mean, I remember a 16-year-old Crosby was Spezza, um, McDavid, McDavid, Lindros, Lindros, but I still, right. But I still remember the year from being 16 to the year being 17, a huge year at the, like I, it was, you know, good keeping up and, 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 and being, you know, almost as good or as good as everyone else. But then the next year at 17, so if you're 16, there's 16 year olds, some 17, 18 and 19 that's a four-year age difference you have a 19 year old an 18 year old so it's like being in grade nine playing the grade 12s that is a you talked yesterday or last episode about a one year i'm 18 now i'm 19 i'm on the senior class 
You're 16 in grade nine against the grade 12s. I'm blown away. Like, I can't wait for the tournament, Craig. I can't wait for the tournament. Well, no, and I, I think I, I think you speak for so many people that, uh, uh, you know, are, are really anticipating a fantastic tournament. It's a best on best, Steve. This isn't just a 16-year-old versus 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds. This is a best-on-best best U20 tournament around the world for, from around the world. It's a best-on-best. Best. So, you know, you start to – like, I watch players that come to the camp at 18 after being drafted in the first round in the NHL, and you go, okay, are they ready? Like, you know, okay, ah, they're just not quite ready this year, right? Then they come back. I'll give you an example, Maverick Bork. Maverick Bork, who's going to be a key player for, for Team Canada. You know, last year, you, you know he's talented. You're watching him. Not quite ready. Not quite ready. Now he comes back this year, and he's more than ready. Like he's ready to be, you know, to, to be a real significant player. So now let's rewind it. Now you're looking at Connor Bedard, who turned 16 in July. Like, like that, 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 I mean, what we're, what we're talking about here is a, rare, is a rare talent. It's a rare talent. And, you know, watching what he did at the U18, where most of the players were uh, two years older than him, he, 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 was, he was sensational. And now he comes to this game. I mean, Saturday, he was the best player on the ice. <laughs> like he wasn't, it's not, oh yeah, he was good. Oh, he was one. No, no, no. He was the best player. And then on Sunday, he, he, again, he showed again, he played right wing on Saturday, center on Sunday and doesn't miss a beat. Oh yeah. He's, he's special. He's special. That goal he scored at the U18 for, I don't like saying from distance, not a hockey term, but outside the circles, that shot, top corner, I couldn't believe it. I thought that he had a cannon or a bazooka backhand blown away. If I didn't see it, I would have thought that highlights were doctored, that they sped up the, like, you know, the 1930s, you know, they're walking around in the 1930s. Wow, these people are really busy. No, well, the, it's the film. They actually had to speed it up to, you know, it's a little quicker. I, I couldn't believe it. If I didn't see it, I, I wouldn't have believed it. And I, I'm, I'm blown away and I'm, I've only had the gravy on the fries. I've only had the cheese on the, uh, on the burger. You know, I've only had the hot sauce. I can't wait to have all of it, take a bite of all of it and watch this guy go. And sometimes it's just about enjoying the special parts of the game. You know, when you teach a kid to attack the triangle and they do it, they don't score on the play, but they come back to the bench and go, dad, did you see that? I attacked the triangle. I loved it. I, it was great. Or I did the Crosby heel to heel behind the net, you know, special little things that are building blocks to the big thing. Canada might win. They might not win. Connor Bedard's not ready for the NHL in theory yet. Cause he's got to be 18 to get in the NHL and he's 17, 17 in July. Then the following July, he's 18. Oh my goodness gracious. He is one of what I like to think are many, many storylines. I know you like another kid of his ilk moving forward as a certain special Russian. So I'm just looking forward to all of it. People in the crowd. Cause Craig, you said it on, Thursday, episode 20, it's not looking good to go to Beijing. So for international hockey, we might have to enjoy the World Juniors even more this year. Yeah, and let me just put a bow on uh, on Connor Bedard. So you talk about that goal. I mean, right before that, he missed a penalty shot. It was oh, a yes, gold medal game. Yes. Like, you know, and, 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 you know, doing the broadcast, you know, and the, the one thing I've, I, that I found out uh, about Connor Bedard is that he is a quick study. 
He's a, you know, you talk about short memory, but also understanding what you got to do. He adjusts, he adjusts to changing circumstances. He learns in the moment. He learns in the moment. It's not like, you know, everybody learns in different ways and at different rates of, of, of periods of time. He, he, he learns. So, I mean, his ability to, to, to take that backhand and snap it is unbelievable. And I mean, it was a gold medal game against a, a really good team and, you know, Steve, like, you know, people ask me, well, who does he remind you of? And, you know, like, you know, I'm, I, it's always, I look at type of player. I go back in time and the player he reminds me of at the same stage, similar stage of his careers is Steve Eiserman. That's who Bedard reminds me of. So we know what a great player Steve Eiserman was. Right. And, you know, like the more I, the more, like, you know, you, you throw out a player comparison type, and yeah. then you're always evaluating, you're testing it, right? You're testing it. Is that right? Is that wrong? Is it, is it maybe a better comparable? Well, the more I watch Connor Bedard, the more I go, yeah, I'm seeing more and more of <laughs> that, that, that Eisenman comparison, but the hands, the, the, the terrific mind, the and he's a competitor. Like he's a big time competitor. So anyway, on to, on to Beijing. Yep. Uh, you know, another COVID uh, outbreak in, in the NHL. So certainly, uh, Puts uh, puts the question back into the uh, into the um, what shall how how shall we put it into uh, puts the question back into the uh, atmosphere <laughs> and into the NHLPA. If you're saying what are they talking about? I haven't heard it ready yet or check my phone. Calgary Flames is set to play two games, a uh, three if you count their home game on Thursday. They've all been postponed because of COVID. At the latest count, which could keep changing, it's six players and one staff member. So. Uh, as you alluded to off air, you said they probably were getting ready to go to Chicago and had had to do their test. So there's no games in the NHL Monday or wasn't on Monday, depending on when you're listening to this. So they probably had to do protocol and were lucky they were going on the road. So the PAs absorbing the board of governors meetings, Gary had the puck and he kind of passed it over to Donald fear. Who's absorbing three to five week quarantine in China. Things are getting worse at certain places. Have you dropped, you know, the mountain man and the price is right goes up the mountain. If he freezes at the right spot, the contestant wins. If he goes over, woo, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> the mountain man is the mountain man. Has you relate to the mountain man in Beijing? Like, where are we on? Wah, wah, wah. Or are we already there? But nobody wants to say it yet, Craig. I, I never thought about this uh, with respect to, uh, you know, price is right. And, you know, hosted it i'm thinking that maybe you should be the new host of jeopardy <laughs> jeopardy's too smart for me price is right was right up my out you know i did call the price i is know right. you did oh, listen i know I, I know the whole story which has to be an episode all of itself but like no jeopardy isn't see what we need is entertainment right so like jeopardy can be entertaining right i mean see if you're a contestant you got to be smart but to ask the questions, you just got to be entertaining, right? Like you, you already know the answers. You just have to say, <laughs> no, that's incorrect. Right? <laughs> Nobody's yeah. asking. You're not the one that has to fill out the uh, what is Constantinople. <laughs> right. Yes. Very difficult to even be on <laughs> Jeopardy. And they'd have to really bring it down to that grade eight level. to. Uh, no, I think, I think you, I think you could be the host anyway. <laughs> uh, Steve, me and you have talked about, and, 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 you know, I don't think Gary is uh I don't think Gary's uh, passing it over to the players. I think he's respecting the players. He, he, he was very clear at the board of governors meeting that he said, we have expressed our concerns. 
like very, very clear. And, and those concerns aren't just like, Hey, by the way, have you guys heard about COVID? <laughs> you know, like, like they've been very clear with that. Right. But obviously, you know, this is uh, with, with respect to Olympic participation, it, 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 it's collaboration between the NHL owners and, and, and Gary, the, the, the commissioner and the players association, right. And the players, right. So I think that you express your concerns, you put it there. Uh, and, and now again, like, like, as the Olympics come closer, all the players, let's just dispatch with this. All the players want to go and play. We know that. Okay. We know that. Okay. This isn't about, do you want to play or don't you want to play? What are the risks? And to me, the risks are, are they're rapidly increasing. They're rapidly increasing. And they're not just rapidly increasing because of the Calgary flames. They're rapidly increasing around the world. You know, the UK now has put in an emergency, you know, because of the, the new variant, Steve, like over the mountain, like I, I thought it was 2080 against going right. Like the, the 20, the chance of going, I'm, I'm 1090 now. And that's, a, that's only in a span of three days or four days, 1090. I, I, I just, you know, we've seen, we've seen the outbreaks in the NHL. What do you think? We're not going to have outbreaks. We've seen around the world. And now you, the Chinese uh, uh, government and health officials have to put in protocols there's still no clarity on, on exactly what those protocols are speculation, what those protocols are. But uh, I, I think it's uh, I think we're getting to uh, uh, a diminished uh, uh, point of uh, participation. Yeah. I, what do you think? We're realists. We're logical. The logic suggests strongly that this isn't going to work safety safely. It's not. It, it, and give me an answer to say, here's how we get you out of China, that if it goes wrong. The other part of it, too, is if it goes wrong during the tournament and the entire yeah. Swedish team is out, taints the whole thing. The whole thing's that. So we were supposed to play Sweden in a one eight quarterfinal matchup or, or, or they're supposed to play Finland. Finland gets an automatic bye because, oh, and on the Russian team, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov are out. So now you're sitting there going, this is not a best on best anymore. This is not, it's not. It's one thing when a elite Connor McDavid makes the NHL and doesn't play in the world juniors in his 19 year old year. Cause he's too good. That's different. Hey, that, he's so good. He's in the NHL. This is the buzz is gone too. It's gone. The buzz is gone. It's, it's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. I, if we were doing television now, I wouldn't say to you, Stamco scores. Is he? No, I'd be. Womp womp. I don't feel like asking the question because I, I don't think we're going to go. And the, the right decision I think the players will make, which is theirs, is, is going to be not to go. It's, it stinks. It does. As Ludzi said, it's royal red rotten that we can't go. But you got to make smart decisions in life. Do you want to go to Disneyland, kids? The weather's really bad. There might be a hurricane. But you, no, we're, we're not going this year. We're not going. We'll go to Niagara Falls. That's going to be our vacation, but we're not going, we're not going to put you in a dangerous situation. It's not right. I think you used the, for me, the key word was safety. And, you know, it's, it, it and, and, you know, here we are, you know, you think about Steven Stamkos fan, and, and just because you brought up his name, fantastic season. I, I, I think he and John Tavares have, have shown that they belong on Canada's Olympic team. Not, not should be in consideration. I think they've shown they belong. Okay. And that's the beauty. And, 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 you know, you watch and you're, and you're playing everything. Right. But 
you know, that buzz you talk about, there should be a buzz. Look at what Steven Stamkos is doing. Like, look at what John Tavares is doing. And, and yet, and, and there's no, like the buzz is, is really, really evaporating, isn't it? Because it, it's all the other storylines around it and around COVID and around the pandemic. And I, I just, and, and for Steven Stamkos specifically, who's had a, like, Crash into the goalpost, <laughs> like missed yeah. the Olympics, right? Yeah. 2018, you know, the, the NHL doesn't go. Now, now you're, you're playing, you're, you're playing just as well as you ever have if you're Steven Stamkos and, and you oh, now I'm going to the Olympics again. And like, now you have something else to deal with. So, you know, I feel for Steven Stamkos, but, and, and the other players, but this is safety, Steve, you nailed it. This is safety and, and being prudent. It, it, it really does. It, and, and prudent, not just in hockey, but just, prudent citizens yeah so there has to be i'm thinking as we sit here in the calgary flame situation we've gone through it with the islanders and ottawa that we're gonna have a gap tell me that the schedule we're on now is actually the b schedule that came out in the summer and the a schedule the non-olympic schedule is sitting in gary's drawer and at one point he'll say okay here we go and to be realistic I'd like to think that they would start on April 29th and backtrack because there's no use saying like, if you, if you eliminate games, you want to eliminate games. So we start the playoffs earlier right now, we're starting the playoffs in May. So we have a gap. What's the schedule building. You've dealt with it. You're running the flames. You, you know, you're, you are in charge of the flames and you know, the boss says to you, don't forget, we have the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and Elvis uh, on these dates, right? Wouldn't that be great? I, Cause we love them all, right? So we, th they're in town. So we got, and there's rules about leaving dates open and all that stuff. It's a checkerboard schedule. So what's gonna happen if we don't go, we're not gonna have three weeks hiatus of NHL hockey. We're gonna have to play. So where's this A schedule and how does it work? Cause you've been in those meetings before Craig. Well, here, here's the big shout out to Steve Hatsipetros, right? right. <laughs> He's a, he is the master schedule maker. And, you know, and, 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 and here's, I mean, his brilliance of putting together the schedule and, and like it, it is, I mean, when you, when you consider everything he has to deal with uh, and it's not just the Rolling Stones concerts or whatever musical acts, you, you know, the, the, the two, the two team buildings with tenants, you know, Raptors, Maple Leafs, right? Nuggets, Avalanche, right? Like, you know, you know, Clipwall in, in LA at the, uh, at the what, what is not going to be this, there's three with the Clippers, the Kings and, and the Lakers. So, you know, you're also working through, you know, like, like multiple sport tenants. So, but one thing I do know about Steve, and I know this clearly about Gary Bettman and, and the league is they're not waiting to, to to act like the preparations last summer and doing the schedule and all you got to do is go back and recall what they said we're going to have two schedules we're going to we're going to have a schedule with olympic participation and a schedule without olympic participation now the schedule that was released was with olympic participation now now do you have to be nimble yeah you have to be nimble do you have to you know you know try to you know adapt to to, to other priority to, to building priorities that teams have right but the nhl is going to wake up on february 1st and go oh now what do we do with these three weeks like give me a break okay and to your point steve three weeks off i don't think so <laughs> yeah i don't think so yeah, so that uh, that we we are just using logic to make people understand. Here's what 
probably will happen once we get to February and once a decision is made, just to tag what the insiders are saying, because we want to talk other hockey issues, that the 10th of January is not a drop dead date, yeah. that, that we could go past January, Craig, and there's a penalty, I don't know, 5 million, 2 million, whatever it is that would go to the IOC or the IHF if the NHLers pulled out. And to, to make it clear, there's the NHLers since 98, and non-NHLers in 2018, of which you were there. This is the difference between Mercedes and Etzel, right? It, it's, 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 and I've been there and you've been there. And I've been there for one, but not the other. I only watched the Olympics in 2018 to see you in your blue jacket. That's the only reason I watched. It was not the same. It was not the same. Not... No, not even close. And I know people, they, they waxed on the poetic of amateurs. Apparently, me and Tony Granato don't agree. Well, I don't care. He wants to make it like 1980. That was still a different time. That was the wall and communism and the kids and all. And I get all that. And I understand all that. But once we went to 98, that was the bug. Bugs Bunny, the gambling bug bit me. The international bug already bit us because we were still young enough to remember the Summit Series. Once you saw that, Wow, then 76, and then everything else that followed. We're going to have that at the Olympics? Of course, that's what we'd rather have. So for me, being realistic is not the same. And if they're playing at those hours over there, North America, tisk tisk will not be watching at four in the morning. If McDavid was playing Eichel at four in the morning, they would be, but not in this scenario. I'm sorry. Well, and I mean, there's, uh, you're so right. And, and, and what I would say too, is, is, you know, 1980. Okay. Yeah. It was a different, it was a different political order in the world too. Right. Like, I mean, keep in mind that Canada didn't participate in the Olympics for, for a long time with they, because they, they said, this is about professionals and we can't send our professionals, but they're saying they're professional. So it wasn't until the early nineties that the, 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 the political, the political order changed in the world which allowed the 1998 Olympics to be a truly, I mean, the, the Canada cups and, and the world cup in, in 1996, that, that served as the best on best tournament because that, that, that's what you, the players wanted it. Everybody wanted it in the world. And that's why we had it. But when the political order changed, you know, now 1988 was realistic to say the Olympics can have this, but bottom line is, is when, when we, we let the, the brilliance of best on best hockey called let, let the genie out of the bottle. We're not putting the genie back in that bottle and we ain't going back to 1980 and we're not going back to 1960 as wonderful as those stories were. Do you remember who won the Olympics in, in, in the Olympic hockey in 1992? I do. The, one of the Russian, whatever, not one of the can... Russian. It was the Commonwealth of independent States. States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty good final, but they were, Better just, than the players the, that they played on the other side. But the political order was changing. I mean, it wasn't the Soviet Union that won. It wasn't Russia that won. It was the Commonwealth of Independent States. That's who won the Olympic gold medal in 1992. Okay? The political order changed, and thus lots of things changed in the world. And, Steve, you nailed it. Okay? It's wonderful. Do the best skiers go to the Olympics? Darn right they do. do. The best curlers go to the Olympics? Darn right they do. Do the best lugers and the best cross-country skiers and the best biathletes go to the, the best? Yes. Guess what? When you don't have the best hockey players there, it's not a best on best. I'm going to go first with John Tortorella. 
Oh. I think John's stirring the pot. He's stirring the pot. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm okay with that. It's He's kind of being Don Cherry when Don was in his prime. And what I like about this thing is, I like the buzz it creates. And because it's okay to disagree with someone, I'm going to defend John for having the right to his opinion, whether we agree with it or not, or whether people think it's, I don't want to use the word stupid or not. Maybe if it was me advising John, I'd say there's going to be a big backlash, which is okay and maybe good for ESPN. I think if John is right here and he was a co-host of mine for one day, remember, one day, I would say this. It's okay to say, I just think that this stuff is pretty, but I miss the physicality. I miss the Jacob Truba hits. So I know what he was saying and I think what he was trying to say, but he didn't say it that way. I'm just going to defend his right for freedom of speech. How about that? I'm defending his right to just say that if he thinks, if he really believes this and thinks that it's bad for the game and he would talk to Trevor Zegers to not do it again, well, he's got the right to do that, even though I know he is on an island right now and saying, first of all, he probably doesn't care what any of us think anyway. I'm, I'm a little surprised that he went in that direction, but I'm defending his right if he really believes it for his hockey freedom of speech, Mr. Button. So I'm not yeah. playing devil's advocate. I'm just trying to defend, because guess what? The wackier things get on television, the more there is to talk about. There's a lot of vanilla. Have you been one? There's a lot of vanilla. I think the best, I'd rather be John and wrong, what we think he's wrong, than having a lot of vanilla. I'm actually getting really tired of the vanilla. Yeah, no, hey, listen, listen, you, you, you may be a lot of things, but you are not <laughs> vanilla. Okay, I mean, you are not. In fact, you, you're, you're like one of those blizzards, like, you know, like you I'm are Baskin Robbins. I'm 31 <laughs> flavors. Yeah, well, you're well, but no vanilla, but those blizzards, you know how they mix all kinds of flavors and they put nuts and chips and fruit and all kinds of syrup on. That's what you, you're a blizzard. You come in <laughs> like delicious, I hope. Oh yeah. Well, hey, blizzards are, uh, are popular. Yeah, it, it, here's a couple of things that, like anybody can say whatever they want. Uh, the, the key statement was Trevor's egress with the play. Like that was the statement. That's the buzz. The buzz wasn't John Tortorella. John Tortorella had a, had, had a comment that was, that was basically just uh, absolutely trashed, <laughs> you know, by just about like, I don't know anybody that defended him quite frankly if, uh, for, for, for saying what he said. But bottom line was, is that, is that with respect to the buzz, Trevor Zegers created the buzz and, and, and that's what carried it. So John had his commentary. You know what disappointed me? Here's what disappointed me. Okay. When he made his comment and he said, I believe the game should be honest and hard and everything like that. When he went through that, that you know what my question would have been as the host, John, tell me how it's not honest and hard because of this play. He made a big statement that the game isn't honest and hard. Right. You know what I say to that? Garbage. It is honest and hard. It's different honest and hard. And John, it might not fit your definition of honest and hard or how it used to be and how you think it might should be back to the Olympics. John, the, 2000, the 90s and early 2000s, that ship sailed. You missed the boat. You were part of it. You won the Stanley Cup in 04. We congratulate you. Those days are gone. They're gone. Okay. And guess what? Jacob True was hitting hit, making hits. The game is different. 
Okay. Recognize that the game is different. It's no less honest. It's no less hard. It's no less competitive. So don't give me that garbage, John Tortorella, about I want the game to be honest and hard because it's just as honest. It's just as hard. And it's just as competitive as, as it ever was. Well said. Good rant. I'm with you on those two words. What missed was, and he's on television is the video proof. And only because we've been there before, he can say, here's my example of where there should be physicality because it's the right play. Roll the videotape, Warner Wolf. Here in this play, Tyler Myers is in the corner. And instead of using his body to take out Kane and then allow his defense partner to pick up the puck or Pierre-Luc Dubois to pick up the puck, um, you know, there, or Bo Horvat. Here's an example. Here's another example. Here's another example. Here's my proof of saying we're missing opportunities. What I think is, what I think he's seeing is ballerinas on ice and it bugs him. He wants it to be more physical, but he didn't tie where he wanted the more physicality. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Give me the example of where, of past hockey, how it still works today. And there wasn't that connection. You talked about the, the conversation not happening on the set. That's where, explain it to me. And it might be hard in two minutes. Give them the next intermission to say, okay, here you go. And I want to see it because tell convince me. A, a, a parent says to the kid, I want to go to the movies and I want your car. Well, I'm not sure. How late, what time does the movie start? How much does it cost? Who's paying for it? Who are you going with? Convince me. Well, uh, I, I have a paper route. You know, it's the movies earlier. It's not an R-rated movie. I'm 16. I've got my license. And the parent says, okay. Convince me, John, that you are right and we are wrong. That's where I don't see the convincing. I want some more physicality. Show me. You're a Stanley Cup winning coach. You've coached at the Olympics. You've coached at the World Cup. Show me the clips that say, here's where this can work. I didn't see that. And that's where I'm, I want to see it to show that I'm wrong. Show, I want to learn more. Show me these clips, John. I haven't seen them. And, and that's what was missing, I believe. Okay, so let me, uh, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to come back to the physicality in the thing in a second. Okay. Okay. So I'm watching Corey Sarich. He was a hard nosed defenseman in the national hockey league. He was asked about that play during an intermission on a flames broadcast. And Corey said, he goes, I just know this. He goes, if you're not going to flush Trevor Zegers from out behind the net on that play, you're making a big mistake as a defenseman. Now, Corey Sarich played for John Tortorella, <laughs> right? Yeah. By the way. Yeah. By the way, okay, okay. So there's there's Corey Sarich. It's recognizing how I played, right? Like I can't cross check. He he recognizes the game's different. I'm gonna flush that player out. How you have to play, Trevor Zegers? Now, like we talked about it on Thursday's uh, episode, right? Like the fact is, the cross checking, you know, uh, you know, enforcement, you know, the the enhancement, right? You know, you know what what could have happened last year. You know, Sonny Milano could have got cross-checked from behind, right? So now, now there's no chance for that play. But now that that enforcement, that, that standard has been raised. You can't do that anymore. We're putting more skill into the game. So now, the, I'm just giving an example of what Corey Sarich recognizing. So yeah, let me yeah. ask you this. Now I'm going to ask you my question about this. Define physicality for me. What's physicality? There's a, I think physicality is taking the puck hard to the net, knowing you're going to get hit. That's Lots physical. of that in the game. Right. I think physicality, Rasmus Asplund could have identified what was happening maybe too little too late, but he was allowed to put his shoulder into Milano, Sonny Milano. Last year, you're right. There would have been a cross-check. 
There would have been a, which is an illegal play. So physicality doesn't necessarily mean separating man from head. It's just bumping a player off the puck. It's sticking and pinning. Physicality is doing things that help your team win. And people think physicality is a Dion Phaneuf, a racer body check, or Wendell Clark. It can be, but it can also be having Trevor Zegras being flushed, as you said, probably what Corey mentioned is preferably on the backhand. You want a player on his backhand. So you go around the net this way, and it might just be the threat that I'm coming after you, and then Zegras has to pass the puck. That's the type of physicality because I got to move the puck quicker because Corey Sarich is coming to get me. So all of it, there's low level of physicality, but we only talk about the booming check. They're all part of it. They're all part of it to be able to win and do the right thing. But at least you gave me Corey Sarich gave us an example. That's all all I know is this, Steve, the game is, is hard. The game is physically demanding. Okay, we might not have those big thundering hits like we once did. We certainly don't have the obstruction and interference. Thank God that we don't have any of that in the game because we talk about lowering the bar and 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 playing to the lowest common denominator. You know what? No. And and I and I'm gonna finish with this about the and and I've talked, I've talked to the Hall of Famers that played 70s through the in the I'm talking Dennis Podman, Bobby Orr. Bobby Clark, Brian Trottier, Bob Ganey, all Hall of Famers. You know what they all say? Where did all this finishing the check come from? They didn't play with finishing the check. This idea, one, you could count one 1,000 to finish your check. They never ran and finished people. They, they, they said, well, how did that get introduced into the game? Guess what? So what I would say to people, I'm, I'm talking about Hall of Famers. Like, go watch the games from the 70s. There wasn't players running at, 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 at players after they delivered the puck. Somehow that creeped into the game. So is that physicality? I'm just telling you that Hall of Famers from the 70s have, 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 have talked about where did that all come from? How did that get introduced into the game? How did obstruction, how did interference get all introduced into the game? Listen, things end up finding its way, filtering its way into the game. And then you start to take an examination of the game. You go, wait a sec. Do we want this? How many times have I heard you, and I, and I say this with all respect, if we were starting the game today, what rules would we have, right? <laughs> like, you know, and, and yet we want to defend things that have creeped into the game, filtered into the game, right? And I'm just, I'm just giving you an example. So, you know what? Go and talk to those players. Go talk to the, the, the played in a different era, and they talk about, but, but players 20 years later, oh, you got to finish your check. Well, guess what? Those guys are going like, where did this come from? <laughs> nobody, nobody ran, you know, like nobody ran Henri Richard, like, you know, finish, like finish your checks. It was like, we're going to take the puck from you. We're, we're, we're going to lean in on you. That's how the game, but it changed and filtered in. And now the physicality is different, but it's still hard. And the game is honest and the game is competitive, Mr. Tortorella. And really, if you're, if you think it isn't, I don't know what you're watching, but uh, is this hurting? I'm seeing. Is this hurting his future coaching resume? Um, is he doing it because he doesn't want to coach again? Is he doing it to get attention? The the door's open. If John's listening to this and he's angry, you know, he's angry, my friends, and we'll say, hey, everyone has a right to agree to our opinion or disagree with someone else's opinion. Um. I'm defending his right for freedom of speech. 
everybody has the, everybody has the right of freedom of speech, Steve. Like, like you know, let's let's just let's dispatch with the with the freedom of speech. <laughs> no, if somebody believes in something and they want to stand on an island and say the world is not flat, the world is not flat. I, 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 you know, they shouldn't be thrown in jail for it. So I think that part of it, I encourage John to continue to be John because that's okay, and then we can agree or disagree because he's doing his thing. And then we last week he had a great little you know, nugget about Bruce Boudreaux being current and, and young and modern. And that there's 30 year old coaches who aren't, who are still dumping chase and doing other things. So as John is doing his thing to get back in the game or to create a buzz, there's Bruce going to four and O and I saw some of the numbers that were presented on the broadcast, the eye test, the box car and how things are better that he's opened it up and everything else. I don't know what it means. It's just a fun story, right? It's because, there's John and, and Bruce. John's doing his thing and and it probably isn't liked. <laughs> you know, he's a hard-nosed guy and there's a lot of people that disagree with him. And then there's Bruce kind of doing his thing and it's 4-0 now. I don't know what it means. All I know is this, the Canucks are winning and they seem to be happier. It's a small sample size of an ice. It's not the ice cream. It's a sample. Oh, what would you like, Craig? I've got Bruce Boudreau here, flavor, <laughs> flavor 42. <laughs> there you go. What does it mean? Does it mean anything you've change coaches and yeah, I, I'm absorbing it, Craig. I'm, in, I'm absorbing the small sample size and I love the buzz in Vancouver with it. Okay. So before I get to Vancouver, let me just finish on John. I, I think we got to be really careful about speculating on does this, does this hurt John's coaching? I mean, that's just speculation. I mean, if people are going to, uh, you know, start making judgments on, on, on an opinion and, and, a, and a comment that John made, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, I think you're making a big mistake. John Tortorella's record in the National Hockey League has been pretty darn successful. So even recent, you, even recent. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Listen, like you know. So I'm just saying, if you want to, if you, if you're considering hiring John Tortorella, you go and you spend time with him and everything, and right. And you know what? Like I said, like John, I'm just saying, I would ask John, tell me how it's not is honest or is hard or is physical. Like, that's all I would ask. I'm, I'm, like, I heard what he said. I, I'm fine. Like, you know, I don't agree with it, but that's okay. But that, I'm not going to judge John based on one comment. And I'm certainly not going to dismiss his coaching qualifications based on a long track record over a commentary. And I'll finish with that. Uh, Steve, yeah. uh, I, I, I've said this and, you know, it, it, it's clearly evident to me. And what Bruce Boudreaux has gone and done in Vancouver is he, he has said, this is the strength of our team and our strength of our team is our forwards and how skilled they are. And he, you know what we, we need to, we need to exploit our strengths. And he's told the defensemen, and, and, and then it's not just the eye test. The numbers tell you they're getting that puck moving up the ice quick, 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 quick. And you know, he's not, th th that team is not going to be more than a middling team until they get two better defensemen in their top four. Period. But that doesn't mean you cannot go and say, this is how we're playing. We're playing to our strengths. And you defensemen, you better get to the puck and you better get it up the ice quick. Because we're not very good at defending. Because <laughs> we're not good enough to defend really well in our own zone. So let's play out of, the, out of our zone and let's let our best players, our offensive players, get going the other way. That's what Bruce has done. And that's, that's good coaching. That's recognizing your strengths and understanding okay here's how we're going to manage around our weakness we're not gonna we're not going to protect our weakness at the expense of our strengths that's what bruce has gone and done 
He's done a, and I, we're going to be surprised. Look at his record in the NHL. Don't be surprised what Bruce Boudreaux's doing. Yeah, I love the play Tyler Myers made. He got the puck, his head was up, so should he move it? But he was in a better position than the forwards, so he started the rush that led to the Elias Pettersson goal. It was a beautiful play, a play, unfortunately, I didn't see five games ago there. I, I didn't. It was one of those things where and I didn't say Travis didn't give him the green. It just didn't happen. Like when a sample size is that big, you know, now I've tried the entire ice cream. I don't like this ice cream as much. I like your sample. I, I want to buy more. And I, I like this sample and, and it does work. And it's a lot of fun where it goes from here. We don't know. Um, in your era, as we watch, I felt my era. Oh, I have an era now. Oh, I love it. Uh, Craig er had his own era. <laughs> You've got many eras, right? I got many eras, but in the era of being with a club, and then something goes wrong. I felt sorry for the Sabres the other night. Now we've seen this rule where the puck goes in. Even Rob Ray soiled the Sabres. He said that plays offside. No, you no need to review it because it's a league challenge because it was under a minute. And then my spider senses are tingling. If you didn't see it, go watch it. It's hard to explain on podcasts, but basically the play was onside. The Sabres tied the game. Yes, it's not going to make them in or out of the playoffs, but it's the moment they were down to nothing. They did tie it. The league admitted a mistake. So have you been in that spot before? It is embarrassing when we all make mistakes, but we do. One thing you taught me is I made a mistake before and I'll make a mistake again. That's how God made us. We're going to make mistakes. So you get the call from the league. Uh, Craig, we're really sorry, but we made a mistake on that play. So how do we avoid them happening again? Was it just human error in the situation room? Is that what it came down to? You can't avoid them. Okay. What, what you, you, you try to understand, you try not to repeat them. Right. Yep. But on Monday, December 13th, th th yes. th 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 this is really a, a great opportunity for a little story. Okay. A little yep. story. Monday, December 13th is Bob Ganey's birthday. Turned 68 years of age on this day, December 13th, uh, 2021. So I'm going to tell you a funny story. And it, and it is a funny story. We were playing the Detroit Red Wings in the playoffs. And there was something that went in the game, something that just didn't go like, you know, it was whatever, didn't go our way, didn't, wasn't right. Jim Gregory, the late Jim Gregory, just a wonderful guy. We're downstairs, we're in the coach's office. And he comes in after the game. And Jim comes in, the door opens, we're sitting there. And Jim comes in, he goes, I want to apologize. You know, that shouldn't have happened and everything. And Bob, who, who rarely, you know, he never really, he, he looks at Jim and he goes, what do you think this is, a confessional? You come in here and confess your sins and we're supposed to absolve you of blame? I'm looking at Jim and like Jim's kind of surprised. We're all surprised because that's not Bob's tact, right? So Jim, well, I just wanted to say, and he leaves again. The door hadn't even closed and Bob goes, Oh, he goes, I got to go find Jim and confess my sins and ask for her absolution. <laughs> so mistakes happen. The emotion of the game happens. People get upset, right? And like, you know, and we're talking about when I say, you know, Bob Ganey's a terrific person. Jim Gregory was such a gentleman, right? But you know what? You understand the emotions. You understand the ebbs and the flows, right? But like mistakes happen, Steve, and you just need to acknowledge them and and make sure you don't repeat them. A lot of times we don't, you know, we by by going through a mistake, you understand the process, you understand the rule a little bit better, which helps us all, right? So that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, I think we'll learn from it. I showed the clip to a few people, and they all just said offside right away. Uh huh. 
1931 before delayed offside. <laughs> you were, if you're in, then the delayed offside, then the clear the zone offside. It was, uh, it is tricky. It's a great learning point, and I'll say this much: I don't. I'd rather it happen in December than May, June, or maybe July. Exactly. So, that's good. So, Craig, a lot of fun as always. I can't believe episode 21, just like that, gone on the Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this sample size. If you enjoyed the ice cream, then tell your friends. Until next time, yum yum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.